0: Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to Why I, my podcast where I sometimes rant, sometimes have reasoned thoughtful arguments to explain why I think the things I do, do the things I do, and sometimes stop doing the things that I have been doing. So I'm back, kind of, temporarily, uh, probably just for this one, not sure, but I checked in the last episode that I made of this podcast was May 2020. And right now, I am recording in May, 2022. So it's been a full two years since I started this. It somehow feels like it was 10 years ago, but it's been a two crazy and long years in life. And if you don't know already, for those of you who are listening, is um, I'm stepping down as the college pastor at Cornerstone Church of Boston. Now. Um, I have to apologize and admit that the title that I chose was totally clickbait because, um, well, maybe, maybe not. But I'm not quitting technically, right? Um, I'm not quitting entirely. I'll still be a pastor at Cornerstone. It's still, I'm still going to be a pastor there. I'm going to be employed there. I'm still going to be working. Uh, the only change, which is still a big one, is, um, is that I am working half time, and I'm only going to be overseeing the worship ministry at Cornerstone starting August 1st. So not too far from now. So this episode is actually, it's it, it. I mean, I guess it does fit the theme of the podcast, but it's less a podcast episode in the ways that I did in the past, and more of just using a fun platform to share what's been going on in my life for those who who want to know or who want to hear a little bit more than just the fact that I'm going halftime. Yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed the time that I I messed around with the podcast. And, you know, after March 2020, during the pandemic, a lot of people started baking sourdough bread. Um, Some people uh, pretty much spent all day long in Animal Crossing. Uh, Me, I started a podcast for fun. And yeah, as I've been thinking about wanting to share more with people who I haven't been able to sit down and talk with, I thought, hey, why not use the podcast platform to share what's been happening in my life? So here we go. So on May 22nd, 2021, my son Judah was born and our lives were forever changed. Nji and I became first time parents and we welcomed um, our baby boy into our family, and for many reasons, um, you know, our lives completely changed. Uh, but um, one of the very practical things that we knew was approaching that every parent, for the most part, has to deal with is what are we going to do about childcare? And so, obviously, there's a handful of options. Um, there's daycare. There Is family help. If you have relatives nearby, grandparents nearby, uh, some people get nanny, other people do nanny shares, like two kids with one nanny split between families. Um, There are a number of options. We were lucky enough for Judah's first year in life to have his aunt, my older sister, uh, care for him for many hours per week. So my sister would uh, come over many days of the week and um, watch Judah and care for him so that Unji and I could still work full time after both of our uh, paternal leaves ended. And we knew that we had that uh, luxury and that resource for Judah's first year in life. Um, but even before Judah was born, we knew that that would uh, no longer be fully available to us starting um, September, the following September, the year later, a little bit after your, Judah's first birthday. So, um, knowing and expecting that, uh, we had to talk talk about childcare right away. Um, for those of you who are parents, you know that you ha- you have no choice. First of all, because <clears throat> excuse me, there's such a long wait list. Um, anyways, um, and so we knew that we had to prepare. And so we started the discussion early, not necessarily deep diving, but always in the back of our minds. Hey, what are we going to do about childcare? So Judah was born in May, and after talking about it here and there, started to ramp up as you know more people were telling us, "Hey, if you really need to get daycare, like you need to put your name down, you need to get on the wait list." Because not only was it already something difficult to get on, but COVID made it worse. Because a lot of daycares ran out of went out of business and shut down during the pandemic and never reopened. Um, it's a lot more complicated and difficult. And so we were thinking about it, praying about it. Finally, fast forward from May to around Thanksgiving time. I think between Thanksgiving and the new or excuse me Thanksgiving and Christmas is when I felt particularly convicted that of the options that we had, of the choices that we had that the best decision would be for me to uh, either stop working completely or in this case, go half time or part time uh, in order to be Judah's primary caretaker. Now, being in ministry and having a weird job in terms of scheduling um, was really nice because it allowed for me to not have to quit or not have to quit completely, right? Because I work a lot on the weekends. I can work odd hours in the evenings. I can adjust my schedule based upon Unji's typical nine to five schedule. And so that made the decision easier in the sense that I didn't have to quit completely. I could just adjust my hours and just decrease them. And so, and also that obviously that helps financially. But let me share the two reasons why I decided and I felt super convicted, hey, I should go halftime. I should stop um, uh, being a full-time pastor and make my number one priority being a dad and then my secondary priority being a halftime pastor at Cornerstone. So two reasons. Reason one is my wife, Funji. So eun and I started dating when we were in college and not long after I graduated. I was a senior when we started dating and I graduated and went straight into seminary. And as soon as we were in dating relationship, long before we knew we would be engaged and married, um, a number of years later, she has always been 1,000 supportive of me and 1,000% behind me in my career calling, my career pursuit, and all the decisions behind that um so yeah she's made it very clear um that i have a calling from god and that we're going to follow it and that she's going to do it um not only because she feels like she must but out of a heart of love and out of a heart of a joy for her to feel like it is part of her calling too especially after we got married and even practically she's always been supportive of me she um would be very encouraging about me studying well and getting uh, good accountability and community in my in my time in seminary. Uh, she bought me my seminary computer so that I could actually have a battery that worked and a screen that worked and a computer that could um, help me to, you know, get through my classes because I was using this really old broken down Dell laptop at the time. Um, for a lot of our dates, you know, she was the one paying and and taking care of me as a broke seminary student um, in in a number of ways that would take up too much time on this podcast, she's postured herself to make it um, clear that she's behind me and believes in the calling that the Lord placed in my life. And of course, once we get married, once we got married and became one, uh, it was her calling too. Now, fast forward—it's um, kind of crazy. Our nine-year anniversary wedding anniversary is coming up soon we've been together longer than that Um, we dated for a few years we were engaged for one Um, you know we're in very different places in our careers so Eunji is finally after many years of working in post-college in a place in her career where she's she she feels really at home she's in a field where she is growing, where she's hungry to grow, where she's wanting to learn, expand her capabilities and skills, her training, uh, where she's wanting to get promoted and move up in her experience and expertise um, and is working really hard. And the company she's at is great too because she has a wonderful boss. um, She likes the culture and is just doing really well after having had a lot of ups and downs in her career and even some pretty low lows, Um, but she's in a wonderful place today. Me, for many years, all praise to God. Um, I've been so comfortable, so happy, so satisfied with my role and my job and my place as a pastor and as a brother at Cornerstone Church. Um, It's crazy to think how the shelf life for pastors and ministry at a specific job in a specific church is so short. Um, But I started working at Cornerstone 10 years ago um, in 2012. And it's been such an amazing journey. A lot of times, people will ask me, like, "Hey, so what's the next thing for you? You know, do you want to plant a church? Do you want to be a lead pastor? Do you want to oversee a different type of ministry? Um, how long do you see yourself at Cornerstone?" And for many years, my answer has been exactly the same: that um, if God, you know, chooses to take, like, tell us to take a turn and to do something else, then I'll obviously listen and obey. But right now, I have no desire. To do anything but what I'm doing, I'm so happy and content, um, and I don't have any pride wrapped up in being a lead pastor. Certainly, um, I could never be a lead pastor as in my whole career and retire and be very happy and satisfied. I just want to be faithful with what God puts in front of me on the day to day. And so, Unji's in this place where she's uh, really ambitious and growing, and I'm in a place where I'm just so comfortable and happy. So it really wouldn't have made sense for Unji to stop. Um, and go half time or quit her job uh, while she's in this mode. And for me, I felt like I have so much. I had so much freedom and joy to be able to decrease my hours, so that we could finally, after many years, change spots. That in return, as you know, my goal is even a fraction of the way that she has loved me and supported me and behind me. Like I want to return that. I want to do that in return. I want to be in that position. Um, I want her to feel empowered and that this calling that the Lord has placed in her and her vocational pursuits is the priority for our family. And that she has a spouse, a husband, who is 1 million percent behind her. And, you know, I I mean, she doesn't need a a new laptop for me to buy her for seminary or anything like that. But in all the other ways to be supportive of your your wife, um, it's my opportunity. And as I was reflecting, it just made so much sense Um, so that was number one is my wife. She popped into my mind and around Thanksgiving time, it just made it so easy for me to say for Judah's childcare next year, um, let me decrease my hours. So, and be his primary caretaker. So that's the reason one of why I'm quitting my dream job. Reason number two is my son. So reason number one is Inji. Reason number two is Judah. So this is gonna be a little bit more potentially, I don't know, hopefully not triggering for some, of, some people who may listen, um, but he's a PK. And unfortunately, the reality is we know that far too often, PKs have had a difficult life, a dip- difficult upbringing. Um, far too often, PKs have been wounded uh, because of either their mom or their dad's job uh, in ministry, uh, far too often they feel that their upbringing was full of a lot of neglect and and pain now why does that happen so often um, is it because you know all pastors are terrible fathers of course not um, but and you know I'm not going to feign expertise here as if I know why that happens for every family and of course there's variance but if they're was a overarching theme that you could, um, that you, it would be safe to say, is the real or the case for many families, is that pastors have not created, they have not, or their churches have not let them, one or the other, create healthy boundaries in their careers. They get lost in the busyness and the grind. Pastoral ministry is very demanding. It is very draining, and it asks so much of you in terms of your emotions. Your emotional energy, your physical energy, your spiritual mental energy, and your time and your bodily presence. So you're often leaving the house and not home and out and about and constantly driving from one thing to the next. And the difficult part of that is also that there isn't the clear nine to five like I talked about. You don't ever clock out of being a pastor. Um, And unfortunately, when those boundaries aren't created, it creates Neglect, it can lead to neglect. It can lead to the family of the pastor feeling like they're second place to the church. Now that I'm a father and I'm also a pastor, um, I've had a lot of personal time and reflection and personal time with God. Um, Deeply in prayer with my heart raw open to God, um, humbly coming before him, With a commitment, but also asking God for his help in this commitment, because I know I can't do it on my own, to never, ever, ever let my family feel like they're second place to my ministry. I never want there to be a second in Unji's life or Judah's life where they feel like they're second place, where they feel like I've neglected them, where I've Poured my heart and my allegiance to my ministry above my family. And so as this conviction has been growing, I realized that I've learned that this doesn't start, this cannot start when Judah is in elementary school or a teenager or in college. It has to start now, as soon as I had a baby. And so point two is I'm quitting my dream job because of my son. But in some ways, it's actually kind of maybe point A and point B or really point two is maybe for me and not as in for me as a blessing for me, but as training, as, as accountability, as put your money where your mouth is, as commitment and resolve and obedience to God for me is kind of point two. And the reason why I say that is because Judah may never know That this happened. He obviously doesn't know it right now. If we tell him when he's little, he may not remember. I could totally be a full-time pastor again. A lot of people have been asking me if this is permanent. Maybe, but definitely maybe not. And so what I'm doing now is wanting to practice the ability to put my family first in all circumstances, no matter what to not be sucked into the grind of pastoral ministry, to not feel guilty about, oh, but what does this do for the church? Not be bound with all the chains and the emotional ones that happen when you're a pastor. And I can talk all I want about, oh, like PK's feeling neglected is is you know is so horrible and I can't believe they do that. But the reality is that I'm capable of doing that too um, unless I put in the proper boundaries and train my heart today. And so I've told people, "Is it likely that I will be a full time pastor again before Judah will like have memory like you know none of us remember as adults like what we were doing when we were two years old three year old three years old right personally my you know I have memory starting from kindergarten like around five years old and on, and I think it's very possible and likely, so really, it's for my son but the work is in me. I want to be the best father I can be in displaying Christ Jesus' love to my baby boy, Judah. And I want, not that I'm not gonna change the world, I'm not gonna change culture, but at least in my family, this idea that PKs are neglected and hurt and their dads are never around and things like that, um, I'm praying, Lord, let that never be said of us. Let that never be said of me. And so that's why I'm quitting my dream job. Now again, for the clickbait thing, I'm not quitting church, but the reason why, but there is a a non-clickbait side of that title because college ministry absolutely was a dream. I have had the most amazing life experiences and college ministry for me has not just been a, one of the best parts of my career. It's legitimately been one of the best parts of my life. I have been privileged to walk alongside, serve with, um, be trusted with real deep life um, pains to the greatest of life's joys, um, invited into people's lives who are just so wonderful. Like I have been spoiled rotten with the people that God has blessed me with. I have officiated weddings for students. I have, or, or, you know, former students. I have served with amazing men and women who have been my best teammates and who sharpened me. I have received so much prayer and love and from everybody in the ministry, even though I felt like my job was to love them. But they, like, I feel they did more for me than I did in return. I've had so much laughter and fun and experiences. It's just been so incredible in so many ways. And so, yeah, like the quitting part was clickbait, but the dream p- job part was not. And so if you had any role in college ministry in my life at Cornerstone, I just want to say thank you. And while I am stepping down and I feel um, sadness, um, I know how much I'm gonna miss it. It's It's really hard for me to walk away. Uh, far more than sadness. I feel so blessed, so fortunate to have had the special years that I had. And lastly, I just want to close with, um, something that I do want people to know who, who care about me is, um, I am nervous because stay at home parent life is very difficult. I am not at all dumb enough to think that I'm going to conquer this and be so great at it. It's going to be hard, um, And I, like I just mentioned, I am sad. I have a lot of sadness and leaving college ministry behind. Um, So I have a lot of mixture of emotions, including difficult and negative ones. But one thing that I do want to share is at the same time, I feel so much certainty, 100% certainty. This heart and this thought, this conviction came in, again, uh, between Thanksgiving and Christmas, and I... And eventually, not that long after, as we were praying and thinking about it, um, early January, like right after the new year, I felt one of the most, like one of the strongest moments of certainty in my life that I knew this was from God. This is what he wants for me and for my family. And so, yeah, I'm scared. I'm nervous. I'm excited. I'm sad. It's bittersweet, et cetera, et cetera. But I feel so dang certain. And so I'm so excited for what's to come. And I know that certainty and assurance comes is so important because if God is our shepherd and he leads us and we are certain about the place that he is calling us, then that's absolutely the best place we could possibly go. And so I want to let you know that's what's going on in my life. And I also want to say I hope that's something that can go on for you, uh, that wherever God is leading you in your life, that with prayer and openness that you lay your heart before him, And trust that he's a good, good shepherd and he's going to lead you in your life. And I hope that even if it's mixed with sadness, fear, uncertainty, um, all of a mixture of emotions that you feel, or not uncertain, that you feel certain um, because wherever he leads us is the best place for us. So yeah, thank you for listening. Um, I know that some people just heard about this decision and just kind of got the Cliff Notes version. But this is the open up my heart version. Um, I am stepping down from college ministry uh, starting July, uh, excuse me, starting August 1st. I will be halftime officially only overseeing worship ministry at Cornerstone Church. And the reasons why are because I feel 1 million percent certainty that God is calling me to put my family first, to switch roles with my wife, to put her career and her pursuits Um, as our family priority, and for me to learn to be um, fully supportive of that and to return all the love that she has given me. And number two, for my son to grow up with a present, loving, engaged, um, yeah, just godly father. I want him to have the best father that he could possibly could, not by my strength, but by God's and the Holy Spirit's help. Um, to grow me into a father who can resemble uh, the heavenly father in his love. And so that's why I'm quitting. And so thanks for listening. Um, if any of you are interested in talking more, um, I'd love to. So whether you're far away and we have to Zoom or FaceTime or whether you're here in Boston and we can grab a coffee or a meal, I'd love to do that with all of you. So thanks for listening to another, another episode of Why I. Bye.